101.5 UMFM with your host Osani, also known as the Obi. This is 393. We got Prairie Sky with us. Welcome. Hello. So how's it going? It's going all right. I'm pretty tired today. Yeah, it's uh, it's hot out today, right? It's hot out. We just did a bunch of taco sales for Sunshine House and for the Two Spirit Powwow. So I am whipped. So when you did the taco sale, did you do that in drag? I did not. Not this year. This was our fifth year. Okay. I uh, I didn't have to do it in drag because I was in the kitchen and I was kind of the senior person overseeing the whole operation. Mm. So if it's like, if you are in drag and it's this hot out, do you usually, do you still do the padded chest or do you do padded chest or do you like to go uh, just regular chest? I always, I always wear pads. So yeah. I always have padded hips, padded ass, and I usually wear... Um, saran wrapped silicone titties. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> they're only saran wrapped because they're really old and I'm too cheap to buy new ones. <laughs> so, so you do the padded and then you, and then you wear makeup too. Yeah. Yeah. Makeup, wig, um, and lots of clothes <laughs> sometimes a lot of the time. So where do you usually buy your makeup then? Well, my makeup I usually get from, it depends what I need. So my foundations I'll get from um, Harlequin. So it's like a dance, it's a, mm. it's a dance place, but they also have a lot of theater makeup. Uh, and then if I need like powders or even other types of foundation or anything like that, I'll just get it from a local queen here, Lita Tequila, and she sells them. So, so she has a lot of really good makeup. And so that's who I usually go to. I'm just like, I need glitter. And so she'll be like, I have this and this, or I need lashes. And she has, she always has it. So. Does glitter take forever to take off or like, does that get stuck? How do you, I, I, it's not a problem to me <laughs> because like I'm in drag every four days. <laughs> so if I have glitter on there, that's like one less step I have to do. Okay. <laughs> Dang. So like how long, how'd you know you wanted to be in drag? Cause this all sounds like a lot of investment and a lot of learning and a lot of just like getting into like, like foundations and, uh, and, and padding. Like that all sounds like different elements of drag. It, there's, there's a lot. Um, when I started doing, so I didn't start off drag in the typical sense of what you see today. This isn't how I started playing around with how I do drag. Mm-hmm. I started doing it to kind of explore my own gender identity. And so I started wearing makeup and I started 
presenting a little bit more gender fluid and um, I did that for about four four years and then after about after that I was like well I don't really that's not really something that I want to do all the time so but I do like this and so then I started doing more kind of stereotypical drag mm -hmm. and so it still allowed me to do all of the things that my gender fluid kind of presentation uh, like let me do but it let me do it in a more kind of paced way uh, so I could do it every weekend or I could do it every second weekend or right mm -hmm. now it's pride season so I'll do it once every three days mm -hmm. um, so but it, it just allows me to do like different things all the time mm -hmm. so then when you're so do you have like a preferred gender pronoun when you're out of drag and then when you're in drag or is it two different I'm old, <laughs> like I'm pretty old. Yeah. Um, and so when growing up and when I came out of the closet, like I came out of the closet in the late nineties. Yeah. Um, so like even then pronouns weren't uh, a concern. Visibility was our primary concern. Mm -hmm. um, being able to be who we wanted to be without kind of, without the levels of harassment and like violence that we constantly faced. So pronouns were kind of an, a, an afterthought for me. And also because that kind of journey, that, that more, that journey around pronouns and all that kind of stuff wasn't really my journey. Mm -hmm. My journey for most of my twenties and for my late teens, I just wanted to be identified as, as gay. And I always kind of felt comfortable in that. And so I always felt comfortable being a he. And so now, um, I don't really care what pronouns people use, but I, I understand the the importance that a lot of people have with pronouns and how it matches how they perceive themselves and how they feel about themselves. So that it's, that in itself was also a journey for me because, again, that was so new. And so I was just like, okay, well, this is all new and I can, I can deal with this. Um, um, it's just about letting people and giving people the space they need. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like sounds like this is a lot of things that you um that you thought about and things that you sort of like had to you know be like self-reflective about did you ever have an idol growing up someone that you looked up to that sort of maybe helped you with with uh thinking about these self-reflective things i never had a queer idol <laughs> like i never had a queer idol yeah. i had lots of aunties <laughs> oh, cool. i had lots of aunties who were really really awesome and who really um who when I was growing up who I really looked up to because they were just so self-assured mm -hmm. and even when they were doing things that now that I look back on that I, that must have been terrifying and that must have been scary for them uh, even when they were doing these those things they always were so self-assured and so that's kind of one of the things that I took from them like uh, I think about I think about the lives that all of my my aunties and my uncles had to live being half-breeds and living in in like very rural Manitoba and so it and but they all came out like so strong and they all came out so fierce and th those are the people that I always look up to I didn't I, I never had any I didn't have no RuPaul and I didn't have no hundred queens who have been on RuPaul's Drag Race I had I had real live indigenous aunties <laughs> so you're indigenous too yeah yeah so my community is Kuchiching First Nation sweet is that Cree or Ojibwe it's Ojibwe sweet yeah Manitoba, right? Nope, that's in Ontario. Oh, okay, sweet. Yeah, cause so we're Treaty Three. My grandpa signed Treaty Three. Nice. Yeah, sweet. So do you ever like, uh, 
do you ever put any of that indigenous influence to when you're performing? Because I haven't seen a lot of your performances in a while. Um, yeah, a lot of the times. Like, that's kind of one of the things that I'm known for in Winnipeg is that I always kind of have that flair. But it's also just because that's always where I've drawn my strength from. And that's always what I found, like, the most beautiful was, like, the indigenous femmes in my life. Mm -hmm. Right. So my grannies, my aunties, mm -hmm. all those people. So. Did you ever notice like uh, a parallel between indigenous culture and drag culture? Um, yes and no. Um, in in some ways, you, those parallels kind of happen because you have to like you have to learn how to how to navigate the world, mm -hmm. uh, and you have to learn how to like mute certain aspects of your life just to like make sure that you can just survive specific moments but then there's also that the positive part of it where like being indigenous and being and being a drag queen or being queer when you're in like totally queer spaces or in totally indigenous spaces you're allowed to just like be so you that you wake up in the morning and you just feel so good about yourself <laughs> you know like when you go to when you go to ceremony or when you're with family or you go to gatherings or wherever that might be whatever that looks like for you and then you wake up the next day and you're like that's exactly what i needed for my whole body and my whole soul and to like that's going to give me enough energy until the next time this can happen and it's the same thing being queer so you wake up the next day and then you're you're woke how uh <laughs> would you say woke is something that you've uh that you've been your whole life or was that something that people around you told you because i feel like you're woke um my well my family has all been activists and so we all we all grew up like the kitchen table at my granny's house and the kitchen table at, at my own house has always been like a ferocious place of like political debate and of political activism but also of a lot of fun mm -hmm. and so that i was really really fortunate that i i was able to live that life and like to to have that and so it also made me really ready to kind of be willing to be criticized for my views and be willing to be challenged and so that's always been that's always been something that's that I took from that I don't know if I'm I'm the wokest <laughs> but but I, I I'm alive and I really try my best to to be good about that so how do you feel about having these conversations with people because I know a lot of times it can be draining explaining because it sounds like you've had to explain this a lot so i know it can be draining explaining the same thing over and over like but is that something that you enjoy is educating people yeah it depends it, it really depends if i know that people are going to walk away from it and like they'll think about something or if they're gonna if they're actually engaged in it so like a lot of the t like sometimes we'll get well again pride is coming up and so there's going to be lots of um voyeurs in the form of media in the form of people who may never have to actually encounter queer people and who will just want your picture taken i'm not going to take every yeah. every three minutes and be like this is a teachable moment <laughs> <laughs> i'm like okay here susie have your fucking picture i'm gonna go get a drink and, um but if i know that people are gonna if i know that people are listened and are listening and they're engaged or then then i can kind of i can value that and i can engage in how much i want yeah yeah it's like move it along Susie. <laughs> so so you have a pretty sweet outfit on do you have a outfit for for gay pride 
Uh, well, I'm going to be hosting the main stage all day. And so that's been my biggest stress in my life for the last two months is that there's there's kind of an expectation that you have a couple of different costume changes. So I have I have a couple of things in mind that I want to wear. Um, one of them is actually kind of it, it's it's inspired like by a ribbon skirt, but it's not really a ribbon skirt. Um, and then a couple of other outfits that I that I'm still working on. So we'll see what that looks like. It has to be like, you also need to have something like really glittery and really loud because you can get washed out on the stage because it's bright and there's lots of stuff happening. So you want to look, want to look real good. You're listening to 101.5 UMFM. This is 393. We're interviewing Prairie Sky, the drag queen. I just wanted to ask you about synonym and how you got involved because I've seen you at a few synonym shows before. So how I got involved with synonym is kind of luck. I don't know. They liked us <laughs> uh, when they so this this weekend or next weekend coming up or this weekend coming up whenever this airs uh, on the 25th and 26th. Are those the dates? Uh, or is it 24th and 25th? 24th and 25th. Um, they that'll be our like our one year anniversary of drag brunch, and so they reached out to myself and Pheromones at the time, and were really really interested in collaborating on doing a drag brunch. And so with DJ J Jackson and us two, and then those folks at Synonym, they were just like, okay, let's let's just talk about this and make it happen. And so because they're really good at making shit happen, and I'm pretty good at making shit happen, and DJ G Jackson's really good at making shit happen, shit happened, and it's been really, really successful for the last uh, last year. And then from there, we've just kind of branched out and done a whole bunch of different, different things together. Just like we've done there, we did their uh, fundraiser last year. We're doing their fundraiser again this year. Uh, last year, I think last year was at Clementine. This year, we're all going to be at Tallest Poppy on Friday and Saturday. And but they're also just like amazing people. So I get to just it's like hanging out with friends. It's never it's never work. And so now that Pharaoh's kind of left the fold, and so now we have Cake involved and DJ Supersonic. Or so it's super super. It's just a lot of fun. Have you seen the drag scene like? change have you seen it change a lot since you first started oh for sure yeah like in the last couple of years like local drag is so in the last two or three years local drag has been has really really exploded particularly in the last year um we've seen a lot of um a lot of newcomers there's a, there's a couple of drag workshop programs that happen where people can learn how to do drag and learn from an actual person because for many people who kind of started doing drag in the 2010s they learn drag from the internet they learn it from youtube they learn it from rupaul's drag race and stuff like that but then now they actually get to engage with local queens and so they get to engage with the local environment so again vita and pharaoh kind of started or were the first two queens who kind of took on that workshop and then now we have vita and lita doing it and we've done things at the fourth but also people start to come out a little bit more to drag things and doing things with things like synonym or the stuff that we do with the sunshine house and the sunshine bunch. And then of course the local staple club 200, we get to do a lot of really different things. And like, I'm really, really lucky. Like I got to do synonym. I get to do, we do the queer bingos. We have another one happening next week at Goodwill social club. So that happens once every two months. I've been invited to rainbow trout. Um, There's this running joke that I'm the busiest queen in this in the city but it's only because i have that kind of 
market. I have I have really strong relationships with with people like Elliot and like with with folks like from the Goodwill from a, before I even did drag, and then now get to network with other folks like like with Ben from Rainbow Trout or from people from Synonym. So it's just like it's really really lucky, and we've just seen like there's just so much more drag happening all the time, everywhere. You're listening to 101.5 UMFM. This is 393. I've been your host, Osani. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. What What's your handle? Where can people find you? So on, I really only use Instagram. I'm not a, I'm not a twatter. Um, so my Instagram is homo leviticus. All one word. Okay. Just like the Bible chapter. <laughs> I am sacred. <laughs> Study, train to fish and max out levels so they listen. I'm not asking for permission. There's no acid. I'll be kissing seriously fresh. Cause I'm seriously blessed. Seriously? Haunt my name with some respect. Delirious if you think that you can throw me off the track. My confidence crushes any crude or negative attacks. And the ones that keep me focused are the ones that got my back. Shout out to my friends and family, the ones that got my back. Shout out to my friends and family, the ones that got my back. My confidence is based on how hard I hustle. Never lazy. Take myself out the corner. I don't need no Patrick Swayze. As real as it gets, seriously fresh, effortless energy, naturally the best. As real as it gets, seriously fresh, effortless energy, naturally the best. As real as it gets, seriously fresh. Effortless energy, naturally the best, as real as it gets, seriously fresh. As real as it gets, seriously fresh, effortless.
this energy naturally the best as real as it gets seriously fresh effortless energy naturally the best as real as it gets seriously fresh effortless energy naturally the best as real as it gets seriously fresh Yo, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? You're listening to the Studio 393 podcast on UMFM 101.5. We're going to get our show going, rolling on. We just finished interviewing Perry Sky, a magnificent drag queen. Up next, we've got Mr. Randy Kunaraj. What's up? What's going on, Randy? How are you? Good, good, good. How are you? I'm good, man. Good to have you on the show. Welcome. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, uh, so, Randy, why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Tell us what you do. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm Randy Kunaraj. Uh, I'm the chef owner at Cal. Uh, we're located at the Goodwill 625 Portage. Um, yeah, so I'm the chef owner there, and that's that's all I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what kind of food do, do you serve at this uh, we do we we like to call it Asian comfort food. Uh you can also describe it as like Asian fusion. I don't like the word fusion very much. But we call it comfort food. It's something that you want to eat every day, something that uh you can you can have, you know, every day and not break the bank going to going to get and eat and pay for. So you're really uh focused on uh affordable prices, not not making it too crazy for people. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, I've been there. I've worked at you know fine dining restaurants and and high price places, and and I know how much food costs, and uh, you know how much you know it, it can. I think it it's more uh, translatable to people to to have something that's like not too expensive. Mm. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us a backstory on how Cow House came to be? Uh, how you started that business? Um. Well, I was I was in 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 the motion of, of of opening a restaurant. I was I had I had uh, left my job as a head chef at uh, Bonfire Bistro, and I I just needed to to do something on my own. So I decided, you know, why not do something that you know I want to do, like something, you know, the kind of food that I want to eat, and I and and I think that other people would would enjoy too. So we decided to do um, cowhouse. Um, and a lot of it has to do with I wanted to open up kind of like our uh, interpretation of uh, a mom and pop restaurant, you know. And we had that at the house when we were on Sherbrooke, 126 Sherbrooke. Um, you know, somewhere we can go, and you know, the the owner or the chef's always there, and you know, you can talk to them and laugh with them, and you know, that kind of place. Something somewhere that you're comfortable at. Do you personally uh, like restaurants where you can sit down and the chef's always there? Like I know some people just like getting their food and like eating and not not really worrying about like like that kind of environment. But for you personally, do you think that that makes food better? Even like that experience? Uh, I don't I don't know if it uh, it makes the experience better. You know, like you want to go somewhere, kind of like uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the show Cheers. You know, so you want to go somewhere where you know someone knows your name. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's nice to to go somewhere and you're you're welcome and you know if if you're a regular if you if you're a semi regular you know like you go in, see how you're doing, the kind of thing, and just get your regular like like menu item or whatever it is you get, mm. and you know just chat about how your day's going or how, you know how bad your day's going or how good your day's going, kind of mm. thing. 
I've always I've always liked sitting at a bar. You know, like any any restaurant I go to that has like a bar top, I'll sit at the bar. Yeah. I won't sit at a table. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was I was I went on your website, which is cowhouse.com, I believe, and I just I don't know. There was a phrase in the the little uh, summary of cowhouse that I really liked. Uh, it was uh, cowhouse food is simple, comforting, and just like our mom used to make. Um, did your mom used to make a lot of the dishes that you have at Cowhouse? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, um, some of them, like most of the like the the smaller bites, like the kalapao, which you know, the the, the steam buns and the the nam, the pie salad, everything everything my mom would make, you know, and some of the things that you wouldn't be able to find easily if you went to a Asian restaurant, you know. Um, mm. So a lot of things that a lot of things on the menu are things that I grew up eating or I. You know, I I made myself, you know, either when I was in university or in high school or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to UMFM 101.5393 podcast. You've got Randy on the show, owner of Cowhouse Restaurant. Uh, Randy, I know that your parents are uh, both immigrants to Canada from Laos. Is that is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. Um, so you said... You said that cow house is a mixture of food. So are all the dishes there from Laos or are there obviously there or is there some that's like. No, there's there's other there's other uh, uh, cuisines in there. Asian cuisines like Japanese, uh, Korean. It's all something. It's all like a mix of everything. You know, things that like I said, like I, I like to eat or I like to make for myself when I was younger or, you know, now mm-hmm. like the cheese and noodles. It's just. A, a dish that we just threw together like if you came home late at night and you just wanted to make instant noodles and throw some cheese in it and hot sauce and that's what it was mm. and we put it on the menu <laughs> which cheesy noodles are pretty good actually shout out to the cheesy noodles <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a shout funny dish it's noodles. a funny dish because you, you see it on the menu and people are like well, what is that and it's like well it's cheese and noodles <laughs> 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 and hot sauce uh and you also you don't just run the restaurant by yourself. You have, uh, I have a partner. I have a partner. Yeah, uh, Kareen McKeg. She couldn't be here today because we have a, a a young child that she needs to take care of, and he's he's a ram- rambunctious one, and she wasn't feeling too well. But yeah, she she's my 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 rock. You know, I couldn't do any of that without her. She keeps me in line. Mm. How important? How crucial is she to the operation? Just because it is a lot of work running a restaurant, but you know how. Yeah, she does. She does all. She does a lot. She's also uh, a, a chef too. But she's, we have her out, um, doing all the business stuff and all the, um, all the managing stuff right now. But she she loves to be in the kitchen too. So like she she handles all the details that I I I'll, I'll miss, I'll definitely miss like you know like the money aspect and all you know scheduling and managing and that kind of thing. So she does that too, and she inspires me. She gives me ideas for like dishes and food and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. Um. What are some challenges? Uh, because I know a lot of business owners, and business or business owners are always, you know, uh, they they, just, they they seem you know running a business is hard. So like, a lot of the business owners that I observe, you know, they have this. It's, it's, it's almost like they're tired and stuff. But when yeah. I observe you, you're you know you're always you're always. Yeah, yeah, you're you're always you're always like pumped up with yeah. a lot of energy. You're always wanting to to keep going, and so like I don't know what what are like what are some things that help you get through a day, a busy day at a restaurant, or like 
I think, uh, well, you know, it's humor. You know, you gotta, you got you can't take things too seriously. I know, I work hard, and you know, I lead by example. And you know, if I am I if I'm having a bad day, you can't, you can't, you know, you can't just stress out. You know, you, it kind of you, you gotta lead by example. And if you do that, and and people people feel your energy, your vibe. And the people that work for you or with you, you know, if you're stressed out and you're angry or whatever, and you know they'll they'll latch onto that too. So you got you got to be a leader and be positive. And I like work, so that's 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 an easy part too, because I don't mind working. I like working, so mm-hmm. I like being there. Mm-hmm. That's the, <laughs> that's the number one thing. If you like being there, then everything else comes easy. Yeah. Um, what are some challenges that you've encountered as a business owner, and and how have you kind of nav- navigated through those challenges? Uh, just running a business, running a business itself is hard. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a cook first and foremost, and I love being in the kitchen when it comes to the business side of things. Like, you know, there's, there's, there's all kinds of costs and like, uh, like permits with the city and stuff like that. And did and you have to health. learn about that side of the, yeah, we had, to, we had to learn the hard way. Cause we just did everything ourselves. We did everything for cheap, you know, as, as cheap as we possibly could. And so we did everything ourselves. So I had to learn how to navigate like city permits and stuff like that, mm. and and health permits and and yeah, and doing all the all the cash and the business side of things. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Studio Three Nine Three podcast. We're here with Randy, owner of Cow House. Uh, we're on UMFM One Hundred One Point Five. Uh, so Randy, I wanted to touch on also. Um, I mentioned earlier that. Or we mentioned earlier that your parents are from Laos. Right. Yep. Um, um, how important is their story in your personal life experience? Just because um, my personal experience growing up, seeing my parents work two, three jobs, or just working hard in general, you know, it kind of inspired me, or, or it still does inspire me, you know, to, yep. to try to do something for, sure. for, for myself, you know, hurt the pavement and become something. And Cowhouse kind of has that similar story, you know, starting from the ground up, building something. Yeah, it it it, it has that vibe. Um, you know, just just my parents coming over as refugees, and they were I think they came over during the Vietnam War, and they're escaping the turmoil there uh, where they're from, and they came with with nothing. They, they didn't know anyone there. There wasn't a lot of immigrants at that time, so they came in. They never seen snow or nothing like that. You know, trying to find a job you know working for like lower than minimum wage at times and working more than one job and juggling you know me and my, my sisters so they worked hard and i saw that and i think it hit me one time and that's why i went to university it hit me one time i, I picked up picked up my mom from work she worked at palliser i guess uh it's a furniture place furniture factory place or whatever and it was just a bunch of like older ladies coming out of there and it, it's 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 hard labor and i, and I thought to myself why well, you know I want to give my, like my kids a future and, 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 you know, and, and then do something that it's not, you know, working in a factory and there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with like hard labor or anything like that. But, you know, I saw, I, th- I said to myself, I didn't want to do that. And I wanted to, to, to carve another path for, for, for me and then, you know, my future family or whatever. So that's what I did. I, I you know, it's kind of st- stubborn in a way. I followed my my it's my dream of 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 having a restaurant and being a cook. You know, being a cook doesn't pay a lot. <laughs> so it's, it's something I want to do and uh, something I'm I'm passionate about and can show up to work every day and loving what I do. You know, my parents didn't have that. They had to work. They had to work in a job they didn't want to be at. 
So, you know, they, they sacrifice so then I can have, I can do what I want to do. And my sisters too. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that, does that get you through hard days too? I'm just thinking like, you know, what, let's say, you know, you have 80 orders or something to make. And I don't know, like, do you ever in your mind, like, you know what, I'm all good. Cause I know where I come from. I know my roots. I know that this is in my blood to work hard kind of thing. Yeah. You know, when, when it's a hard day, it's a rough day. You just, you just push through. And then, you know, my parents did that. They just pushed through that, you know, you know, it's not what they want to do with their lives. You know, I, I'm sure they had dreams of doing, um, not doing hard labor, doing something else. You know, my mom was a teacher back in Laos, so she's not doing it here, but she's, but, um, so yeah, I, I saw, I saw the, the, the work that they put in and I just kind of applied it to, to what I do now. So the other side of business, running a business and running a restaurant is, you know, coworkers and, and dealing with, dealing with all these people that are employed under you and, you know, right. maintaining them, maintaining a, a really good team. Um, so I guess my question is, um, how do you maintain a functioning and running kitchen? How do you, how do you keep everyone motivated? Because, you know, not a, not a lot of restaurants, like owners, you know, they'll treat employees like expandable expandable well i i think i i I just treat uh my employees how i would want to be treated you know i I work hard and i said i I said that before that i lead by example so i work as hard as i can and i expect others to do the same and 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 i don't take myself too seriously too so as long as we can have fun and you work hard and you have a good attitude you know and that's what i look for in you know staff and people that i work with and i I'm lucky that I've, you know, found, luckily just found it, you know, people that I've worked with are, are friends or family or they become friends, like really good friends. And they, they have the same view of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you see Cow House in 10 to 15 years? Do you see it as an expand, a, a place where you can expand, have more businesses around, or do you see Cow House as always a place of like comfort and, or like, not that it's, it could change if, yeah. but do you see Cow House as just a local, one one business kind of thing, always I think, local? I think it's a one business. I, I'd like to say local, but um, I don't see myself doing it for, for more than 10 years. You know, I, I'd want to, you know, travel and cook in other places and, 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 and have those experiences. So, you know, I think we've accomplished um, some of the things that we wanted to accomplish already, and I'm happy with how it's turned out. And uh, I don't see myself doing it forever. Like, I'd see myself traveling and cooking and cooking on a beach somewhere, just relaxing. <laughs> yeah, that sounds nice. Yeah. Um, that's all the time that we have. Thanks for coming on the show, Randy. Of course. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Really awesome uh, having you. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Cowhouse Restaurant, located at the Goodwill Bar. Come check it out. Really amazing food. Shout out to the cheesy noodles. Yeah. And, you know, every other dish there. Uh, yeah. Check check Cowhouse out. Thank you, Randy. Thank You're you. listening to UMFM 101.5, Studio 393 Podcast. Kenna signing out. Peace. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Whoa, 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 yeah, 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 no, 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 yeah, 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 whoa, 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 whoa,
talking a lot of shit, but when they see me in the street, see them sitting steady on the side room. When I'm coming, I'm coming clean. The heady when I drop it in my language, like what the fuck am I rapping? I had to holler my Congolese or my Ugandese, please show your real colors when you're rocking. 243, yeah, we in the mix, yeah, 256, ain't got time to be jacking. I know this anger ain't gonna make my starving go away, so I really had to pull up with a sapling. Mama told me I need a girl, I told her I just need my Mary Jane, she got me swinging just like Spider-Man. I'm 22, yeah, this life is crazy, dog. My nigga Sinjo, he just got a daughter. I'm still lost with the microphone, microscope to find that hope across the border. Whoa, 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 yeah, 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 no, 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 yeah, 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 it's been a couple years that I've been doing This, and nobody spoke until I started doing this music. I ain't do this on my fucking city yet. I'm on my 30s, keep me close with Diddy yet. I'm booming Syria to Mantelia. I don't know how to tell a lie, so I had to say goodbye. But the truth comes first. Bye bye, hoes. If you gon' leave me, just leave me. Cause I don't really need you no more, yeah. I don't really need you no more, yeah. Scratch that, I'm back again with the fucking flame that's on the blade. And it's a fact I'm the best in this game that's on the grave. It's great, I'm searching Spanish should be the main. And fuck school, man, I'ma make it without the grade. So break your leg before you hit the scene. They try to intervene. I'm like Hulk, cause when I stress, I turn to green. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In kindergarten, I was selling kilos of medals for dollars. Don't dream to fail, dream of working one day in a palace. Self art, your shoddy wanna know more about us. They've been talking a lot of shit, but wanna see me in the street. Said it on the side, bro. They've been talking a lot of shit, but wanna see me in the street. See them, see them, said it on the side, bro. They've been talking a lot of shit, but wanna see me in the street. Said it on the side, bro. Been talking a lot of shit. Society with no respect for the people's right to privacy. I'll take a slug for the cause like you and me. 
Yesterday, I saw my grandma in Edmonton. Today, a new day. My uncle Adam caught a case and I liked him. Today, a new day. Today, a new day. My auntie's boyfriend in the pen and I don't like him. Today, a new day. My mom, the fella, hurt her leg at the Santa Claus parade. They asked her if she okay or if she drank. I don't like that. And today, a new day. My pops done got pulled over when the towers done fall. And I ain't like that. So I ain't quit yet. I ain't quit yet.
day, a new day, and I can hear the chopper in my bike falling in a pothole in the 7-Eleven, looking like a jackpot. If I intervene, will I die? Machete's gonna kill me. Cops just scare me. Everyone in trouble when the neighborhood is income, yo. Everyone in trouble when the neighborhood is income, yo. Ah. Uh. Probably cause it's a probable cause. Probably cause it's a probable cause. Dave is my friend, these is my ends. Probably cause it's a probable cause. We are falling, we are falling, we are falling in a pasha's with the neighborhood and the shortcuts with the dollar's lives. We are falling, we are falling. Call me the cash back, got a cash check. Probably cause it's a probable, it's a probable. It's a proper cause. Yeah.